0: life it's more full of surprises than anything you could make up scary stories funny stories sad stories we've got them all and they're all true everyone has at least one great story what's yours all right who ordered takeaway got your true story coming right up i'd like a funny story with a dash of
1: bellyache please
0: um could i get something with aliens guns and travel please
1: a one thriller with an overlay of a relationship going wrong one takeaway order of suspense, please. You're going to love all this stuff. here. You know. It's all really awesome. This is Tall Tales Takeaway, the podcast of bite-sized stories for curious minds on the go. Hi, and welcome
0: to today's show. I'm Michael Burns, and this is Tall Tales Takeaway, India's first storytelling podcast. Do you believe in a world beyond our senses? Well, technically, it doesn't really need your belief or not, because it certainly exists. In fact, mathematically speaking, we can't see nearly 100% of what we know is out there in the universe. The known world is just a blip, really. So if we take this train of thought to its logical end, isn't it possible that the mysteries that surround us will just take time before they inevitably unravel? Just like scientists are discovering new species all the time, maybe there's plenty more about our interaction with the world that's left to be dissected and explained. Until then, every once in a while, strange things happen that are hard for us to explain. Chandra Das has a story for us called A Room for Two. A few years ago, Chandra went to New York for work and she rented a room in Manhattan just for herself. Or so she thought.
1: In October 2010... I moved to New York City. It was raining that day, the 1st of October. Back in those days, a dollar is equal to 45 rupees was the song the jukebox in my head played with every penny spent. The fact that I had to shell out five dollars to use the luggage cart had left me rather shaken and a little stirred. I was a middle class Indian professional in the United States of America and I had a reputation to live up to. In accordance with my sworn duty to adhere to the thrifty Indian stereotype, I had booked a stay through Airbnb at a reasonably priced, read, $75 a night. Uh, New York Room. This was in a beautifully restored brownstone in what used to be one of the shadiest neighbourhoods in New York, Harlem. Many parts of Harlem are actually very nice now. I arrived drenched to the bone at the doorstep of the building about 20 blocks to the north of Central Park. My brand spanking new landlady Regina was there to meet me. All 250 kilograms of her wrapped in her voluminous green and yellow dress. For she was tall, round and colourful. You're late! Uh, Were the very first words Regina greeted me with. Yes, this is true. Were the very first words I greeted Regina with. I stayed here 30 minutes extra child all because he was light. I'm sorry, Regina. I offered putting on my best lost kitty face. I had heard that uh, Americans treated their pets better than their parents. So pretending to be a cat was my strategy of being accepted in this new world. She sighed very audibly as I dragged 40 kilos of my dripping wet luggage all over her shiny hardwood floors. But soon enough, my lost kitty face had its effect. Regina's features visibly softened at the sight of the poor Indian kid, all alone, in a new city, stubbing her toe repeatedly and clumsily on her American tourister carry-on. She pointed towards the kitchen. Whatever you need should be available in the pantry. You can use the stove to cook your own meals. If you need any groceries replenished, call me, okay, child? Um, access to food signal victory in my world. Lost Kitty was turning out to be a masterstroke. After 15 more minutes laying out a list of house rules, she looked at me, looked in the other room and then added, Also, could you fix my computer for me? Um, of course, as Regina knew, every Indian in the US was born with a computer engineering degree in their wallet. Since it was in my DNA, I ran an antivirus program on her PC and thereby improved the quality of her life substantially. I slept comfortably that night, without a snore or turn, that super-hard double dose of sleep that you do when you arrive to a comfortable bed after a massive trip. Now, consulting firms do this thing. They call an induction program in the first week of anyone new joining. Given the attrition rates and the number of people going in and out of the organization, there is typically an induction week going on for some new hire at any given point in time. My first week, Monday to Friday, Every day ended in some exhausting induction dinner with some head honcho in the firm. And every night I'd get a cab home and crash into my pillow with the force of a WWE wrestler doing a body slam move. On Friday night, for the very first time, my schedule was free. The partners at the firm had probably picked Friday as the one day in the week they would have dinner with their own families. Like the young, hot-blooded immigrant that I was, I seized my first night off with both hands and decided that I would stay home. Because I did not have a broadband connection illegally downloaded from Torrance yet, I decided that I should watch some television. And like the newly-minted immigrant that I was, I thought it best to savor my first self-funded dinner on American soil with a pepperoni pizza from Anthony's Greek Pizza around the corner. And thus, pizza on the bed, TV-blaring Horatio Kane one-liners from CSI Miami, I settle down to my first meal of my choice in New York City. Stare at pizza slice, squint into the sun, put on sunglasses, and say something with both a murder murder reference and a pun. This is America at its cheesy finest. 25 minutes into the mysterious murder of a particularly wealthy Cuban-American drug lord, the channel suddenly changed to ESPN's telecast of American college football. I looked for the remote under my thigh. We've all had those butt dial, or in this case, butt channel-changing moments. But I didn't see the remote. Maybe the channel changed by itself, I thought, with a shrug. Christian Jones it I put the pizza down, wiped the grease off my hands, and changed the channel back to CSI Miami. 30 seconds. It's
0: true.
1: That was the period of time that elapsed before the channel promptly changed again. The University of Oklahoma Sooners versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. Back to ESPN and its telecast of that sport Americans call football. The thing is, it's nothing like the football the rest of the world knows. I mean, seriously, there are teams of huge rhino-sized men on screen trying to gouge each other to death over a weirdly shaped ball. It pains my heart. This is not Pele's game. This is not the beautiful game. And it's nothing short of an affront to call this football. And yes, by now you've guessed correctly. I am Bengali. Getting back to my story... There I was, sitting on the ancient queen-sized mattress, wondering what had just happened with the changing channel. It didn't take me very long to come to the conclusion that my TV had to have picked up a signal from the room next door. I thought about it for a second, and then gently tiptoed down the hall to knock on my neighbour's door. Not Regina, but a different neighbour. After about 15 knocks, I realised that it was just after 10pm, which is late by American domestic standards. She opened the door a crack. Her hair was tousled, and she was dressed in pyjamas. She looked sleepy and angry. Decidedly angry. Hi, I offered in what I thought was a suitably apologetic lost kitty tone. The one that had worked really well with Regina. I think my TV has been catching signals from your remote. I don't think so, she said. I was sleeping right now until you woke me up and I do not tend to change TV channels while I'm asleep. I apologised and shuffled back into the apartment. Why did the TV change channels by itself? Did it not like my choice of TV programmes? I decided to check what lay behind the boarded-up back window of my room. Perhaps my TV had been catching signals from a neighbor's remote from the building behind. A quick stroll around the block in the freezing cold, revealed that my neighbour on the other side of the boarded window was a scarcely populated parking lot. I did not switch on the TV again that night. I went to bed very confused, both about who had murdered the Cuban drug lord, as well as what kind of people liked American football so much that they forced everyone around them to watch it as well. The weekend passed, as first weekends in New York City should. There were sights to be seen and touristy things to do before I could earn the privilege of shrugging my shoulders at the tourists myself. I ate hot dogs from Bangladeshi vendors in Central Park, sang karaoke in Koreatown, ate Ethiopian food in the West Village. All in all, very American things to do. And conducting difficult tasks like taking selfies on top of the Empire State Building and getting drunk at the local Irish bar meant that I arrived home Very dog-tired on both Saturday and Sunday nights. On Monday night, I managed to get home much earlier than any dutiful first-year consultant should. 8pm, to be precise. I decided that tonight was the night Regina's kitchen would experience the culinary expertise of Chandramadas for the very first time. It was another matter that Chandramadas would also be experiencing her culinary expertise for the very first time. Just a minor detail. But as cats are known to land on their feet, I did manage to surprise myself with an edible dish of pasta and red sauce. And so I settled in front of the TV, with my self-made dinner perched on my pyjama-clad lap. This time, I was able to watch a full 45 minutes of Dexter on HBO before the channel changed by itself. Yes. Right before the good part where he gets to killing someone in that week's episode. This time... It wasn't ESPN. This time, the channel changed to Rihanna belting out. Like I'm the only girl in the world. The remote was next to me. I nonchalantly changed the channel back to Dexter. 30 seconds later, the TV responded by nonchalantly changing the channel back to Rihanna going, The only one that you love. love." I changed the channel again. The TV changed it back again. I held the button down for 10 seconds. The TV screen did this flickery dance between Dexter killing some plastic-wrapped dude and Rihanna shaking her booty like some internal fight for the signal. The digital version of good and evil fighting for a person's soul. Then, I gave up. The channel rested on Rihanna's booty before I switched off the television. If I wasn't watching Dexter, then nobody was watching anything. After a couple of mandatory calls with family members and friends, I lay down to sleep. And doze off I did, only to abruptly wake up at 3am to find the room freezing cold. All the lights in the room, from the nightlight to the line floor lamp, were on. I do not consider myself the most organised of people, But I was sure that I had dutifully switched off the lamps before going to sleep. I got out of bed, switched everything off, and promptly went back to sleep. Tuesday night was yet another crash and burn kind of night, but Wednesday saw me come home early again. And this time, I had come home with a plan. I was going to watch whatever I wanted to, and I was going to fix this TV thing once and for all. I called Regina within a minute of the channel changing for the first time that day. I think there's a problem with the TV in my room, Regina. I said in my firmest lost kitty tone. The channel changes even when I haven't pressed a button. Does your TV share a connection or shared cable with any of the other rooms? Child, there's no such thing. You have your own set-top box for cable right in your room. Look right below the TV. And yes, it was there, right under the TV, like she said. This did not explain why the TV had decided that I should watch the New York Knicks instead of Die Hard 2. I begged and pleaded with the recall button on the remote quite a bit before giving up. I switched off the TV and the floor lamp and went to sleep, having just lost the battle of the channels. 3 a.m. I woke up to find all the lights in the room switched on to full intensity. For some reason, it felt even brighter than before. Yet my room felt like the inside of a freezer. I got out of bed, muttering curses about the 9am meeting I had at work, and switched off the floor lamp, went back to sleep. A 3am wake-up with the lights on was repeated the next night. That weekend, I had made plans for a fun Saturday in the cesspool they call Jersey City, where I was planning to live across the river, mostly to save on those pesky New York City taxes and that steep New York City rent. This exercise involved my friend Somitra taking me around the place because, of course, I couldn't be trusted to go to New Jersey without adult supervision. This meant that I had to wake up by 8am. My room decided to give me an early wake-up call at 3am instead, as per the unspoken agreement that it had drawn up without consulting me in the least. The floor lamp was on highest brightness and the night lamp looked like it was about to burst. My door was shut and I swear I could see my breath fog up. I was angry. No, not frightened. I was very angry at my own forgetfulness. How could I have left the lights on again? I crawled out of bed and in my childish anger... Yanked out the plug of the floor lamp Then yanked out the plug of the nightlight Got back under the warm covers And dozed off I woke up with a start at 8.30am I was going to be late for my adult supervised tour of New Jersey With the most punctual human being I know in real life I dived into the shared bathroom on the first floor I emerged, squeaky clean and all shiny into my room It was 9am New York City was bathed in broad daylight, outside my cramped and dark room, that is. But wait, this was no dark room. The room was in the same mess that I had left it, but all the lights were on. The plugs had been put back in their sockets. The room was freezing again. Everything else was undisturbed. The door was exactly as I had left it. No one had been in here. And it was at that moment, recollecting fully well how I had angrily yanked out the plugs from their sockets at 3am the previous night, it finally hit me. There was something very strange going on in here and it had been going on for some time now. Someone or something in that room loved sports. And Rihanna liked things really cold and insisted that I wake up at 3am every night. I grabbed my keys, my phone, my wallet and an overcoat with the speed of a superhero and rushed out of the house. I wouldn't tell anyone about this. Definitely not on a podcast to an audience of a thousand people. They'd think I was crazy. The next day, I spent a perfectly normal day with my friend. I spent a perfectly normal couple of nights at my cousin's. Denial makes for an excellent temporary refuge. It took me till Tuesday night to gather the courage to go back to that room and sleep there. I slept in that house for five more nights. I was very careful to not switch on the TV in my room. It seemed like whenever the TV was involved, the lighting issues followed. If I didn't mess with the remote, everyone was happy, calm and even allowed the lights to stay off. I moved out of the bed and breakfast the next Saturday to an airy, sunlit-filled room in Jersey City that overlooked the Hudson River and gave me a stunning view. I was fairly certain that no ghost could afford the rent in this place and that any self-respecting spirit of New York would consider it an insult to move all the way across the river here with me. And let me address that thing about never telling anyone about this story because they think I was crazy. As I have grown older, I have come to realize in time that being crazy can be quite a good thing. It allows you the freedom to say what you want, do what you want, without worrying about what others might think of you. Finally, as much as we'd like to think that we have life all figured out, there are plenty of unsolved mysteries left. And there's something about that I kind of like.
0: Hey, it's Michael. We've got a small break coming up, after which we'll have a QA with the storyteller, so stick around.
1: We hope you like Tall Tales Takeaway, India's first storytelling podcast. Chances are you'll want to check out The LSD Cost, India's first podcast about love, sex, and dating. We think you'll like it. It's a very candid chat show hosted by Prem and Rogue. Look for a Love, Sex, Dating cast on your favorite podcast app.
0: So, Chandra, how was the rest of your experience in New York? Um,
1: very eventful, but uh, definitely not similar events. Let's <laughs> just put it this way.
0: <laughs> Some other good stories in there somewhere, I hope.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's just say I never shared a room with anyone or anything again.
0: <laughs> I just took a room by myself. Speaking of the room, I, the biggest surprise in your story is that you went back to the room to stay there one more night even after all you started noticing all these strange things happening
1: yeah so the the thing is like when you're in a new city and you you know you know limited number of people there you know my cousin was only in Jersey City which is quite far away you feel that um, you kind of have to bear the situation and this was a situation that I couldn't solve so I had two options either like bear with it Or like go away somewhere and spend $200 a night. My my, my, uh, miserliness uh, overcame my fear. I (laughs) just put it this way.
0: (laughs) And I guess as far as weird things go, um, putting on some lights and uh, changing the channel is not really that, that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely my you know my bed never shook at any point, and I never you know went up into the air and like started talking foreign languages. None, none of that happened.
0: No painting started, tears Nothing. of blood or anything like that.
1: No tears of blood. No children <laughs> weeping in the night. No weird smells. No voices in my head. None of that. Stuff. <laughs> this was just like I want to watch Rihanna. Let me watch Rihanna. I don't care about you, human. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least I had good taste. Whatever it was.
1: I don't think American football counts. <laughs>
0: This was a few years ago, but social media wasn't probably as geared up as it is now. My my last question is did you write a TripAdvisor review of Regina's place? <laughs>
1: That's a good idea I should have I, I think But my fear is that uh, If Regina comes to know about this uh, That I've written this review I feel like the She can jack up her, The price of that room From $70 To something like $300 Because people in the US Are crazy about this stuff They'll just They will book that room out
0: You're absolutely right If it's Oklahoma City Or uh, New Orleans People want to stay in the, in the haunted room
1: Yeah yeah they do And New York City I mean come on In the middle of like Tourist Central Thanks Tantra Okay, great.
0: And that's the end of today's show. I hope you've subscribed to the podcast so you never miss a single episode. And if you do like what you heard, take a minute to rate us and share feedback and reactions on iTunes or whatever app that you listened on. We're on Facebook and Twitter, of course, too, if you'd like to get in touch. Thanks. See you next time. Hey, do you have any romance or
1: kitten stories? Hi. I'd like to medium adventure stories. Uh, and hold the cheese get me some non-fiction anything just, just get me some non-fiction wow that tall tale looks so funny I want two please
0: I'll take comedy yeah something funny
1: romance for Prem fame and fortune for Kirti and a coming of age for Sunanda your takeaway orders are ready at counter number two
0: that was so fulfilling
1: produced by Sonalong